Hello everyone, I'm Kevin Miller and this is The Ziggler Show, where our goal is to inspire your true performance. In this episode, your professional lifestyle. I am appealing here to your logic, not your emotion, your intellect, not your inspiration. Chances are you are living under a false assumption about your vocational role in life. If not false, at least minimized. You see yourself a certain way and thus expect a level of performance from yourself. And I'm not vying for you to increase the amount of your performance quantity-wise as much as the caliber, the quality. And to a great degree, simply the way you hold, conduct, and care for yourself, and that will change your results. That's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to play a two-minute clip from Zig Ziglar to help set the perspective. He does a masterful job. Uh, the story has to do that he tells with IQ. Now, following Zig's message, we will not be talking about your IQ. However, it, uh, it again, sets the stage beautifully for what we are going to talk about. We're going to talk about your actual role and viable credibility in your job, your work, your business. And we all do have a job, every one of us listening here. I can't stress the strength of the case I'm going to make and the relevance it has in your life. I'm going to share some great products and services with you and then play Zig's quick two minute message and then hit you with a reality of your life. You are very likely missing and not rightfully leveraging. Here we go. Victor Sarebrakov, age 16. His uh, teacher said to him, you're a dunce, Victor. You're never going to finish school. Why don't you drop out and get a job? At least be able to support yourself. Well, he dropped out of school, and for nearly 16 years, he was an itinerant. He went everywhere, did everything, served in the army and a host of other things. But every morning, Victor would get up, he'd look in the mirror, and he would shave the dunce that looked back at him. Uh, he would dress that dunce. He would take that dunce to work. He would think as a dunce. He would perform as a dunce, and he would receive a dunce's wages. Age 31, for whatever reason, they did a psychological evaluation on him. And uh, the results came back, and with tremendous excitement, they went to Victor and said, Victor, I don't know whoever told you you're a dunce, and I don't know why you think you are, because the scientific evidence is compulsive. There is zero doubt that we are in error. You, sir, are not a dunce. You have an IQ of 161. You, sir, are a genius. Now, they didn't tell him anything else. No new information except the greatest information of all. You're not a dunce, you're a genius. Now he looks in the mirror and shaves a genius. He dresses a genius. He goes to work as a genius. He thinks as a genius. He performs as a genius. And the bottom line is Victor Serebriakov uh, has a number of books out. He has several patents to his credit. He is a, a very successful businessman, owns several businesses. And one year he was the international chairman of the Menza Society. And you got to have an IQ of 140 just to get in there. You see, he had the information and the knowledge and the IQ all the time. Had the wrong picture. And the wrong picture was there because of the input into his mind. And when you change the picture, that's when everything changes. Okay, friends, so you get the profound point of Zig's story. And as I referenced in the intro, uh, my point now is not to convince you you have a higher IQ and you can start acting smarter. 
I don't even want to know my own IQ at this point as I fear it might be uh, lower than I would hope for. And I'll start acting less intelligently. I want to talk about being a professional. So here, I'll set the stage here. I have a psychological advantage over a lot of people as I was a licensed professional athlete. I turned pro in cycling in 1992 at the age of 21. I raced at the elite level until age 32. For disclosure, I was a very mediocre pro, but a pro nonetheless. I won amateur races until I qualified to get a pro license. I loved racing and I won prize money and gained sponsorships to pay the bills. To a great degree, um, I did tire of the kind of narcissistic life of a pro athlete where everything is about you and your performance. But what I gained that I took with me and have benefited from for over the 17 years now since I retired was that taking care of myself and performing at a high level is a priority due to the cause and effect, which we're going to talk about here. It's very much my point for this episode. Most pro athletes retain the same perception and expect to continue and live out a pro level lifestyle in their vocational lives after they quit the sport. And most do, and I say lifestyle, but I'm going to say the uh, preparedness uh, for that level of a lifestyle. In pro sports, you can't just go compete at a professional level, in a professional race or a professional game. You have to qualify, right? Well, the professions of lawyers and doctors have much the same similarity as well. You can't legally put out a sign to be a lawyer or a doctor and do that work unless you are actually qualified. And so they treat themselves differently. And we as a culture generally do too. But let's take me for instance. Now I get billed as a professional podcaster, but I don't have a license for it. Nobody had to give me permission. iTunes didn't contact me at some point and say, Hey, congratulations, Mr. Miller, uh, due to eclipsing a certain amount of downloads, we're awarding you professional status. I haven't had any awards for this podcast. The the IRS didn't contact me and say, hey, due to the money you've earned podcasting, you're now a certified professional. So what qualifies me to say I'm a professional? With all the business I've done as well, I believe I qualify to be labeled a professional businessman, though I've never referred to myself that way or been referred to. And I don't have any specific qualification, you know, an official document that I can show you. Hey, I built a house. Though in that sense, I'll tell you, I'm definitely not a professional contractor. Uh, So let me bring this to a point on the professional thing. Let's define what is a professional, what makes a professional. Here's the Merriam-Webster definition of a professional. Uh, Of, relating to, or characteristic of a profession uh, are characterized by or conforming to the technical or ethical standards of a profession. All right, so let's define what's a profession a calling requiring specialized knowledge and often long and intensive academic preparation. Uh, Another aspect of it is a principal calling vocation or employment. I went to the corporate finance Institute website. They define a professional as someone who earns a living performing an activity. They go on to say the term professional refers to anyone who earns their living. Now listen folks and think about what you do earns their living from performing an activity that requires a certain level of education, skill, or training. There is typically a required standard of competency, knowledge, or education that must be administered. And they list out examples, an accountant, a teacher, a technician, a laborer, a commerce banker, I mean, commercial banker, an engineer, a lawyer, 
Okay. Before I go further, I am not necessarily making a case that you are in fact a professional, but you may be, and you probably are. Most people listening to the Ziegler show in the audience probably are. And if you're not, then the question is why not? And what can you do to become one? So here are three points I'm going to ask you to consider. Okay. Number one, are you sure you're not a professional? If you are an architect, a policeman, an accountant, a salesperson, a social media manager, or whatever, put your work title in there. Are you not quotes back up to the definition characterized by or conforming to the technical or ethical standards of a profession? Do you have any specialized knowledge? Have you had any specialized training and on the job training folks is often the best specialized training there is. I know a lot of people who are in uh, what I'm going to call professions that learned it on the job. And how about academic preparation? That would be a complete no from me. I don't have a day of high school, uh, of anything past high school uh, for me. And yet I'm still going to call myself and qualify myself as a professional. But that academia, it's a prime ingredient for most definitions of a professional. And a lot of you guys, most of you probably have something there. Have you gotten paid for how long? How much have you made? For most of you, your monetary compensation qualifies you as a true professional. In a lot of sports, that is the difference between an amateur and a professional is getting paid. So again, I ask if a good bit of these descriptions that I read off define you, then are you not a professional? And I'm not talking about just trying to get you to change your verbiage and claiming, hey, I'm a professional and that's supposed to make any difference. It won't. I'm asking you to logically step back and think about what you do and better ask, how are you not a literal professional in all truth and reality? And should the, con con the conception of that, conceiving of that, change how you live? That's my third point, but give me a second to get there. Uh, hey, and entrepreneurs, I do want to make a call out there. If you're running your own business and making good part-time income, uh, you have to embody the attributes of a professional. And if you're making full-time income, absolutely. You've got to be a sales professional, that much I know. Even if you only have a few clients that pay you well, uh, even just one. If you have a client paying you 20000 bucks, 50000 a 100000 a year, or whatever, wow. I mean, you have to be providing pro-level value. If you're providing a service that people are willing to pay you for, you absolutely have pro skills. If you have a product people pay for, again, big pro skills. I mean, speakers and coaches and consultants, if you have been paid, you're a professional. Uh, these are some of the hardest professions as people are tangibly buying you. You are the primary product and that is a big deal. And before I leave this point, I do want to make one call out, uh, a word to parents part and full time. Now you're expecting me to say, Hey, if you've raised a kid, you're a pro. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to pat you on the back and say you're a pro. Uh, you might be, but simply conceiving and birthing a child and keeping it alive does not make you a pro. My experience is most parents, unfortunately, sought zero training or coaching. Go back to the definitions of a pro. They never researched parenting styles and outcomes and made intentional decisions as to how they would parent. And they did not continue getting educated and learning and growing in their skill. Again, go back, listen to those definitions of what a professional is. So you're going to have to decide if they fit you and do a great degree. And this is highly controversial, but your child is uh, very much the fruit of your work, not just their accomplishments, but their behavior, their character. Now, as anyone who hears this, who may have a child who's struggling in their achievements or behavior and character, and you feel me saying, Hey, it's your fault. Well, 
to a degree I am. I mean, if you've ever taken pride in some personal merit in your kid's achievement, you've got to also accept some responsibility in their failings. At least for me as a father of nine who has seen many, as it has seen and is seen highs and lows with my own kids, this is my opinion I'm sharing here. Regardless, our culture could radically benefit from parents who actually aspire to be professionals at parenting which comes from education and learning and constant efforts to improve just as any other profession. Well, Hey, point number two here, if you hear those definitions and feel like, gosh, I don't think I am a pro. Well, if you don't believe you're currently qualified as a professional, I'd encourage you to consider what are you doing? Or maybe more importantly, what are you not doing? And first you probably aren't making much money. Matter of fact, if you're getting paid well and don't feel you're a pro, I'd really like to know what on earth you're doing to get paid well at something that does not fit the professional status. But for those of you, let's say who are young and just doing a job to get started out in the world. Great. You sold yourself to someone who's paying you even a low level job. That's a start. But if the job is not very skilled and you don't meet pro criteria, then I'm giving you another job. And folks, this may not be you. If you feel you're a pro, you can skip this section. But if you have kids, you may want them to hear this part because it's what my kids hear. Okay. If you don't have a job that's very skilled and you don't meet that pro criteria, again, here's your main job. Start learning some pro skills. Go find a job that will allow you to learn on the job, which is not every job. Even some high-rise jobs with a desk will not give you the opportunity to learn and grow and progress. So you're going to have to discern if you've got that opportunity at your work. Regardless, your main job is to learn anyway. I mean, school School was the least relevant education for, I'm going to say your life, definitely for the workforce for the most part. You've got to learn a skill you can offer someone and you can learn on your own folks, just about anything from books and tutorials and courses, most of it for free on the World Wide web these days. And it's interesting. I know people who see a $50 or $500 or 5,000 course, if it's not free or, you know, for a certification or training and swear they just can't afford it, but they'll walk into college and take on 20 grand of debt or spend their parents' money in a heartbeat and take courses that they'll sleep through and think are stupid, but they're you know required. Then get a diploma and often work at a menial skillless job. And I'll say, man, if you're going to go to all that effort to get that uh, expensive degree, at least come out with a skill you can get a decent job with. But I am asking everyone to reframe possibly that 50 or 500 or $5,000 investment in non-formal education or training or certification. Uh, but again, you can also become an expert, uh, a professional for free. And I have people I pay thousands of dollars to every month for tech services who never did anything but mess around with computers and programs, and just learn this stuff uh, or social media folks. Uh, most astute business people I know, especially entrepreneurs, don't give a rip about any certification. They just want results. I've never, ever asked about a qualification of anyone I've hired or paid. They just showcase that they knew how to do the work and get the results. And often they were referred to me by somebody that said, hey, they did this for me. And I great, do it for me. Uh, and I said before, I don't have a single official certification for anything, nothing. But goodness, I have paid my dues with on-the-job experience, sales and business efforts. And I've spent hundreds of thousands on my real-world education. I think a, a Harvard MBA would have cost less, but I don't think it'd be worth as much. And this isn't to diss on formal education. It's That's just one option, though, to learn and grow a skill. And I don't believe it's necessarily the best, even though it is the most prevalent. 
worse, again, people who do get a formal degree often stop at that point and don't continue their education, their knowledge, their learning, and their growing, which is tragic. I'm learning more applicable skills today at age 49 than ever in my life. Uh, there's a cliche that nothing changes till something changes. And I'd say uh, for you, for me, nothing will improve until we improve ourselves. Anyone can go become a pro. It will take an investment of time and money and effort. Uh, you can't shortchange the effort part, but if you have more money, you can leverage it over time and vice versa. So go become a pro. You are listening to the Ziegler show and we're talking about being a professional. Now I dive into point number three, that is the charge I'm giving all of us to start fully treating ourselves like professionals. This is the crux of this show. So I'll jump right back in after sharing some great products and services with you. Now, point number three, this is for all of us, everyone. We've got to start treating ourselves like the pro. And those of you who already qualify here, uh, treat yourself like the pro that you are or the more professional you should be. And those of you who feel like you're not a pro yet, start treating yourself like it to become that. This is really what prompted me to do this episode. So let's go back again to pro athletes, finely tuned athletes, you know, with the glory and the fame and the riches. We think they are finely tuned because they are so important and can afford it, which the opposite. They are important because they finely tune themselves. They're the kids who trained harder and practiced more and learned the cause and effect aspect of their lives. We probably all witnessed naturally gifted star athletes in our youth who couldn't pull it all together. They didn't keep themselves finely tuned. They couldn't overcome the weekend partying that affected their performance. It's the kid who realized they had to safeguard themselves finally tune themselves, treat themselves like a pro to perform well, who made it. And they may not have been the best athletes. Well, in the, in the actual gifting of the sport, but overall now they are the best ones because they treat themselves like a pro the super bowl. I mean, that just recently happened as of this recording. And I think most everyone can think of some of the ways these pro football players are cared for. They're paid to be athletic machines and they must be just as astute mentally on the field. I know a guy in Colorado Springs. He works with a lot of pro athletes. And uh, our Olympians, he works with as well down at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. But he's not a nutritionist or physical trainer. He's not a doctor. He's a neurotherapist, something that he learned, got certified in. He maps their brains and looks for anything irregular or weak in their psyche and helps them dial it in. A positive change in thought patterns can be the difference of a millisecond in the 100-meter freestyle swimming gold medal match that makes a fifth-place athlete become the gold medalist and go from a veritable nobody who remembers fifth place or fourth or third or even second. And he becomes an over, he or she, an overnight celebrity of fame and fortune because of that small margin. And, uh, I, you know, I got to work with a couple Olympic skaters before the last winter Olympics, and they lived lives as precisely as what they had to be on the rink. They finally tune themselves, you know, back to football players. I mean, they eat the best foods for their nutritional wellness. They tear their bodies down in training and go to massive lengths to help them recover ice baths and infrared light therapy and all types of treatments and therapies and whatever to give them an edge in recovery and output. Their sleep's protected like rare China plates. They take the utmost care of themselves and all around them who count on them, take the utmost care of them as well and expect that they should. Again, what about us? Why don't we take such care of ourselves? Why do we more often treat ourselves like a mistreated indentured servant? 
I had someone put it in reference once to a Kentucky Derby level horse. Can you imagine at any time the trainer of that horse just giving the horse a bucket of Cheetos and a bucket of beer for dinner, then keeping it up late at night with a blaring TV screen on in its stall, then waking it up five hours later with a blaring alarm, feeding it a bucket of cornflakes or white bread toast or donuts or some so-called healthy granola bar or muffin that has as much sugar as a Coke, and then shooing the horse out to train and expecting great performance? I mean, of course not they know better but why do we treat ourselves so often as if we're preparing for mediocrity in a crappy race why have our expectations decreased to such a low level we do so what we reap we get the performance out of ourselves relevant to how we treat ourselves and i mentioned earlier a rare china plate right if i was moving and you were helping me unload boxes, you'd carry most of the boxes with you know, little thought, carry them along as we talked, maybe bonk a box on a doorway as we pass through and plop it down on the floor with the other boxes. No big deal. If, however, I told you that the box you were just picking up was filled with antique family heirloom china worth thousands of dollars and sentimental value, you might refuse to carry it. But if you did, all your focus would be on that box. You would walk softly carefully. You probably wouldn't talk much. You'd pass through a doorway with the skill of a gymnast. You'd set it down like a feather. So do we carry ourselves around like that? Or do we carry ourselves around with very little value physically and mentally? We generally treat ourselves like we are striving for amateur mediocre level performance. And most of us are now cracking or have cracked. And this is no way to take on some narcissistic persona like we do think of sometimes with the big pro athletes. I mean, you're not important or not, not more important than anyone else. Neither am I. And that's not at all the point. We are our own biggest asset, our primary asset. The only things that we can really control, uh, if, if we have people that we're responsible to a spouse, kids, a boss, manager, coworkers, employees, anyone you care for and about it's in their best interest for you to take care of yourself professional level care so you can have professional level performance I mean, it's a massive disservice to ourselves and everyone we work with and and want to support to treat ourselves as anything less than a real true professional there's no award no valor or merit to run ourselves into the ground physically and mentally there's no pot of gold at the end of that rainbow and in taking less than pro care of ourselves we're losing a gold piece out of that pot every day and we're likely to reach the end with an empty pot or let's say the pot is financially full but the pot of health has been emptied in the process and we're seeing more and more of that people who financially can retire but now their health is failing so instead of enjoying that stored up pot of financial gold they're having to spend it on their failing health i mean my gosh that's a horrific reality uh, to spend the majority of your life storing up money to retire and while storing it up we wreck our health and now use that gold instead of for beautiful grand adventures and experiences we have to deal with it to fix the health that we wrecked it's really bad math so I'm asking you to take the mindset of how you treat yourself, uh, that it directly equates to the level of performance you can expect. Most of you listening are in fact professionals, but chances are you aren't embracing and supporting this reality well enough. So here's uh, an ending exercise for you. If you received notice tomorrow that you would be awarded your dream job or dream business with an annual income of half a million dollars in 12 months time, 
Okay. You're going to get that. If you present yourself at that time in top notch shape, physically and mentally, and you've increased your skill or knowledge in the area that you work by 25%, let's say between now and then, how would you adjust your lifestyle starting now? And the red flag here is all the things that suddenly come to mind. Oh my gosh, I'd go to bed earlier. I'd get up earlier. I'd change my diet. I'd start eating healthy. I'd start exercising. I'd hire a coach in multiple areas. I'd de-stress my life and delegate or stop doing a bunch of, bunch of low-level things. I'd get margin in my life, take some deep breaths and be at peace. I'd say no to so many things. Uh, not just time-wasting things, but even to really good things as they're not leaving enough room for great things. I'd really pursue personal awareness and personal auditing of my life to figure out where I can improve. I'd replace a lot of my idle entertainment, especially time wasting things uh, on screens with learning, making sure I'm learning every single day. I mean, actually right there, it's another great perspective. I mean, you've probably heard or read about a movie star who landed a role and had to put in uh, 20 or wanted a role and put on 20 pounds of muscle or become emaciated or learn Kung Fu or become a master ballroom dancer to get that role. And they do it. That's what we're talking about here. So friends, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you that notice. Okay. I talked about that. What if you got that notice is this is what would be given to you in 12 months time. So I'm giving you that notice right now. Me too. The details are not specific. Uh, but if you will begin treating yourself more like the professional you are, your life will look different, better in 12 months. I mean, it's just, again, cause and effect. If you're not a professional uh, right now, in 12 months, you can be. I mean, right now, you likely need to deal with all the excuses that are rising up. You don't have the money, don't have the time, don't have support, don't have support from a spouse, don't have the energy. Hey, if you don't have the energy, go listen to my other show, The True Life Show. That's what it's about. Uh, but you decide, you've got to decide if you have a reason to change or a reason not to, it's totally up to you. You know, I've always liked the definition of luck that says luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Though in my experience, preparation creates opportunity and that's not luck. It's expectation. We all live up to our expectation. Uh, w Edwards Deming famously said, every system is perfectly designed to get the results it gets. Uh, today, we are getting the results that the system of our life that we have agreed to, created or at least agreed to, uh, is producing. I mean, the, the dream job or business, the income, the peace, the joy, the fulfillment are all the result of treating ourselves like a pro, having a professional system for our lives. I mean, you, we all, we get to choose what we expect I mean, a sarcastic quote that I heard long ago is that the secret to a better life is just lower your expectation and your expectations. And it often generates a smile, but it's possibly one of the saddest things I've ever heard. Honestly, I believe it's flat out blasphemous to the God I believe in. It's our responsibility to expect the best from our life and ourselves. Not everyone can be the best. Hardly anyone can, but we can and all should be professionals. Coming up in episode 758, I'm continuing this topic on being a professional. Uh, without the preface of this show and message that you just heard, I asked this question on Facebook last week. If you were given $1 million today to be in top shape mentally and physically in 12 months, at which time you would then get a high paying role or job you loved, how would you start preparing, training, and caring for yourself? 
Wow, you don't want to miss the responses. I'm going to do the show solo with less commentary just so I can read through as many of the responses as possible, though it's impossible. There's no way I can get through all of them. Uh, But goodness gracious, really, really eye-opening. Till then, thank you, as always, for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. 